0: You're listening to audio from Highland Baptist Church in Waco, Texas. To find out more about Highland, go to www.hbcwaco.org. You know, overall, we tend to spend our days and develop our lives on the things at which we're good, our, our strengths. Your job is probably based upon your strength. Uh, Students, your major is probably based upon your strength. Our our interests, they're based upon our, our strengths. We don't like coming off as being weak. We don't talk about our weakness. We certainly don't brag about our weaknesses. Now we'll shine light on the weaknesses of other people, but we like to keep our weakness in the shade. But weakness is a fundamental human reality. This is a rhetorical question, which means you don't have to answer it out loud. In fact, please don't. But, but are, are you weak? And in what places, what areas in your body, in your life, do you have limitations? Where are you weak? This morning, we're going to be in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 together. No, we're not. 2 Corinthians chapter 12 together. So if you go to 2 Corinthians chapter 12 with me, please. Open up your copy of God's Word. 2 Corinthians chapter 12 once we get there, I'll give you a little context so we can kind of know where we're starting and what's happening here in the life of Paul as he writes to the Church of Corinth. If you're relatively new to church or kind of new to having a Bible, the book of 2 Corinthians is the eighth book into the New Testament. So you've got the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans, 1 Corinthians, and of course, after 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians. So 2 Corinthians, toward the very end, there's 13 chapters in 2 Corinthians, and so go to the 12th chapter, 2 Corinthians chapter 12 let me give you a little context. Uh, What Paul is doing here through the majority of 2 Corinthians, definitely at the end of 2 Corinthians, is he is laying out his resume for us. He does the same thing, by the way, in Philippians chapter 3. He tells us all these things that he has achieved and all these things that he has received from God. And he has just come off of a, a story at the beginning of 2 Corinthians chapter 12 about an incredible revelation that God gave Paul. In fact, God called Paul up to the highest heaven and had a conversation with him. I mean, talking about close. God pulled Paul in close and, and whispered some things to him. Now that might make a man conceited. That might make someone really proud that, that, that God had called him to the highest heaven to have a private conversation. Now, we pick up in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse seven. So to keep me, From becoming conceited because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations. The conversation that God just had with Paul in the highest heaven. So to keep me from becoming conceited. Filled with pride because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations. A thorn was given in my flesh. A messenger of Satan to harass me. To keep me from becoming conceited. Three times I pleaded with the Lord about this. That it should leave me. But he kept saying to me or he said to me. My grace... Is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. So Paul says, therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then, I'm content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. What changed the perception of Paul What changed in the perception of Paul toward his thorn? Because earlier, what did he call it? A messenger from Satan. Like this came from hell itself, Paul is saying. Like there is a thorn, there is something physical in my body and it hurts and it causes great aches in in, in my flesh. But then he begins to recognize that this thorn, this weakness is a gift. A what? A gift. Paul begins to appreciate the weakness. Paul begins to to brag about, to boast about the, the thorn. And the answer that Jesus gives Paul causes him to shift from wanting that thorn taken away to bragging about that thorn and realizing that Christ is magnified in the thorn and Paul becomes strong in the thorn. What words did Jesus say to Paul to cause that complete turnaround, that, that shift in his perception, that, that shift in his understanding? Well, it's the red words. If you have a red letter edition of the Bible, verse nine, when Jesus said to Paul, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power, Jesus says, my power is made perfect or whole or complete, Paul, in your weakness. Spiritually speaking, where does weakness come from? Where do weaknesses come from? Well, they come from Genesis chapter three. Genesis chapter one, creation. Genesis chapter two, creation story. Genesis chapter three, man fell. In fact, by that one man, by Adam, by his sin, that sin then spread through all. Sin entered by one man and spread to us all. This is what Paul wrote to the church of Rome in Romans chapter five. And that sin began to spread to to all of humanity. So now there's there's pain in in childbirth. Now we have to labor and, and work for food. Now we sweat, now our bodies just are prepared for death. I mean, when you're born, you immediately begin to die. How's that for a happy thought on a weekend? You're born and you just start dying. This is the effect of the fall. This is the effect of, of sin. In fact, without the fall, Paul would not have had a thorn. Without the fall, without man rebelling against God, there would have been no weakness, no limitations in the life and the body of of Paul so that's spiritually speaking what about practically speaking what was this thorn Bible still open verse 7 we we see it right there that a thorn came it was given me in the flesh some of your Bible translations say a thorn in the flesh it was sent to me to to harass me or your old old school Bible might say to to buffet me it was a a messenger from from Satan to to keep me from being prideful to keep me from being conceited and so the, the question is begged then what was that thorn we don't know There's a lot of people who have theorized throughout the years, based even on some other scriptures that Paul wrote, that maybe he was growing blind. He was losing his vision. There's some that think he had a physical disability or some kind of medical situation that he was constantly aware of day after day. And and it brought pain to his body. It brought great weakness to to his body. But here's the great thing. The scripture does not specify what the thorn is. So you can read your own thorn into there. Uh, As a preacher, I would caution you not, not to always do that, but in this case, you can write your thorn into the text. What are some of those thorns that, that we deal with, or that you may deal with, or you have a family member that's dealing with? I just thought of a few things this week. Limitations physically, a, a physical annoyance that you might have in your body and in your flesh, illness, disability, trouble, Caused by others, a burden that you've been carrying for a long time frailty, migraines, arthritis, a disease, paralysis, needing a cane, needing a walker, needing a wheelchair, needing prescriptions, needing medical care, Parkinson's, MS, MD, memory loss, early set dementia, all of these things, believe it or not, they can all be thorns. In our flesh. Now, let me just say real quick: if godly, faithful people didn't have issues, Paul wouldn't have a thorn. I mean, this is a godly man, a faithful man. I'll go on record as saying that he was probably the most godly man that's ever lived in the history of Christendom. I mean, this man was faithful, and yet he had thorns. Yet he had weaknesses in his own flesh, a disability, a limitation that he had to deal with. Now, make sure we understand this: it wasn't sin. And it wasn't foolishness. It was Paul understanding as this constant reminder, this thorn was a constant reminder that he was merely human, weak and weakening. I have a long list of things I love about you. I'll just preach a sermon someday of all the things I love about you, but not, not this morning. I'm gonna give you one thing, though. In fact, it's somewhere at the top of the list. What do I love about Highland? One of the reasons that, that Jennifer and I love this place, and remember, I'm, I'm a member of Highland with you, is that it's a multi-generational church. It's not just young people, and it's not just older people. When I say older, I mean older than younger, okay? So don't get your feelings hurt when I say that. And I'm always curious. I do this about once a year. How many of you are under the age of 25. You're under the age of 25. Would you lift your hand for us? Wow. Yes. Thank you. Awesome. Now, I'm going to skip a little generation. I'm going to skip in between the 25s and I'm going to throw myself in the old person so I don't get emails this week. So, if you're 45 or above and you haven't had recent shoulder surgery and you can lift your hand, would you lift your hand for me real quick, right? 45 and above. Great. That's awesome. Now, put your hand back down. Now, let me just, let me just ask those who are 45 years and older do you ache more now? than you did 20 years ago. If, say, just, if, if so, just say, oh yeah. yeah. Did you hear that? <laughs> Under 25ers, that's what you have to look forward to. <laughs> Days of aches and pains and groans and... I even heard a few of them go, oh yeah. I mean, they just, it was about all they could get out this morning. Oh yeah. Now, if you're in between 25 and 45, don't have your feelings hurt, just be glad you're not young and be glad you're not achy yet, but you will be one day, Right? I think this is what Paul was talking about when he said that day by day, his inner man was being renewed. He was more alive day by day in Christ Jesus, but also day by day, his outer body, his flesh was falling apart. It was decaying is what scripture says. I remind you of this because you may be here today going, I don't have any thorns in my flesh, I don't have any weaknesses, I don't have any limitations, there's nothing I really deal with. Well, if not now, one day. It is coming. Thank you, older forty-five. I bet person who said that just then. It's it's coming. But look at look what it says here in verse eight. Paul asked, Paul begged, he pleaded. What the ESV says three times. I pleaded with the Lord. It is the same word, implored or or begged, and actually in Greek, it's the same word for challenged. I challenged Jesus three times. Would you take this thorn away? Would you take this limitation away? Would you take this ache away? Would you take this frailty away? Would you take this disability away? And Jesus said, no, no, no. And though Jesus said no, he never left Paul alone. Christ, consider this with me. Christ is less about substituting out the jagged for the smooth in our lives and more about transforming us. Jesus is much less about trying to pull all the hurtful things and and jagged things and miserable things and, and disabilities out of our life. He's much more about transforming us. I would say in part of my testimony, God has used the most jagged things, the most painful things, the most disappointing things in my life to shape me to look more like Christ than the smooth times and the times of ease. Receiving Jesus Christ as Lord does not equal a life of ease and good times just set on repeat. Following Jesus is, however, receiving Jesus is a lifelong journey of God using all the junk in life, all the thorns, all the weaknesses, all the disabilities, all the aches, all the frailties of this human body to remind us time and time again that he is transforming us and he will conform us to the image of Jesus Christ. Cross-reference, Romans chapter eight, verse 29. So if you thought, as a little kid, becoming a believer in Christ meant smooth sailing, everything was gonna be good, no thorns, no weaknesses, no hurts, no aches, no disabilities, no frailties. I'm just telling you, Jesus is less about trying to pull out the jagged stuff and giving us smooth things. He loves to use the jagged points of life. To transform us to the image of, of, of christ and the fuel the fuel for this transformation is is grace the grace of god grace is everything you have in christ grace is every good gift that god has given you and that grace is the fuel for the transformation in our lives and so christ is less about just taking out all the jagged things and replacing it with smooth things he is most committed listen church He is most committed to your transformation. So God allowed this thorn. Here we are in verse seven again. God allowed this thorn to remain in Paul in order to keep Paul away from conceit. In fact, the thorn prevented Paul from exalting himself. Look at verse seven. So to keep me from becoming conceited because of this revelation, a thorn was given me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to harass me, to buffet me. And here's that same word again, to keep me from becoming conceited. Paul understood that thorn was there to prevent him from exalting himself. And isn't that the human condition? That we want to make much of ourselves? Where Jesus says, no, I want you to make much of me. And Paul understood that thorn was there as a a reminder. This was for the joy of Paul. This was for the good of Paul. This was for the strengthening of Paul, that there was a frailty in in his body. You might want to consider this with me also. The Lord prioritizes our spiritual victory over our physical comfort. Want to know about the agenda of of Jesus for your life? Top of the list, your victory. Your spiritual victory. Somewhere at the bottom of the list, your physical comfort. The priority of Christ in in the church, the priority of Christ in, in our lives is our spiritual victory. In other words, Jesus did not go to the cross to give us a life of ease. He went to the cross to give us a life that would last forever in victory. God said no. We see it three times and this might be a good time to call a timeout. If you're suffering or you're going through a disability or there's a sickness or a disease or a frailty in your life, should you ask God to take it away? Paul did. Three times. But look, God said no in taking away the thorn. God really said no to to Paul's comfort. But in... Drawing close, there's our keyword, but in drawing close to Paul, Jesus said yes to Paul's victory. Jesus said yes to the victory of Paul. This is, this is good news. The supreme being of the universe will not turn his back on you, he is committed to your spiritual victory. Well, here's my, um, my hot take of the morning Paul begins to appreciate the weakness. Paul begins to brag and even boast about this thorn that he has in his flesh. He begins to appreciate this, this weakness because the grace that was able to handle the thorn was the same grace that was able to handle the five things he mentions in verse 10. Bible open, look at verse 10. Let me just read this to you. So now, because he realizes the, the grace of God is going to be sufficient, the grace of Christ specifically sufficient for him, he says in verse 10 then, for the sake of Christ, then, I'm content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions. In calamities, for when I am weak, then I am strong. What do those five words mean? I'll define them real quickly. Weaknesses as limitations in our bodies. Insults is when we're ridiculed for our faith and our, our stance in God's word. Hardships are difficult situations that are placed upon you, no fault of your own, through the fault of others or the fault of a fallen world. Just. Difficult circumstances forced on you. Persecution is having to endure pain, emotional pain or physical pain because of your faith in Jesus Christ. And lastly, Paul mentions here calamity, which are just stressful things pressed upon us day in and day out. Here's where Paul landed. In fact, this whole passage really is about this statement. Christ is at his strongest in my life when I am at my weakest. Christ is at his strongest in my life when I am at my weakest. And let's be honest, Americans, that is counterintuitive to everything we've ever heard growing up. But Jesus came and turned the world upside down, turned our lives upside down. And he is saying, now, at at your weakest moment, Jesus said, I'm the strongest. In your moment of weakness, Christ is at his strongest in my life when I am at my weakest. We often think that the weaknesses aren't fair. We don't think that our weaknesses are fair. We don't think that the weaknesses of others often are are fair, but you see in the kingdom of God, weakness and strength come together. When when the gospel is applied, it it makes this beautiful picture, weakness and strength coming together reminds us that in Christ we are strong. So when you mix grace with a thorn, you get power. When you mix grace, the grace of God with our thorns, you get power. So let me startle you this morning with, with four things. Even the title might be startling. So I, I, this may be five things that you might startle you this morning. I hope it shakes a lot of us or wrecks a lot of us. And here's the first thing you can write down. Weakness is a gift to us. That's kind of startling in and of itself. Weakness is, is a gift to us. Let me tell you four reasons why this is my little teaching part this morning. Weakness is a gift to us. Number 1 because it's a daily reminder to the grace of Jesus. When you have a limitation in your body, a frailty, a sickness, when you're dealing with something there's an ache in your flesh again, not sin, not foolishness, but you realize your own frailty, you realize your own humanity, you realize that your body is not getting any younger. It is a daily reminder to the grace of Jesus. What, what do thorns do? They toss us into God's grace. What does self-awareness of our weakness, what does what that self-awareness, what does that do for us? It throws us into the grace of God. It points us to the grace of God. Here's the second thing. Weakness is a gift to us because it allows us to minister to others in their weakness. Your thorn elevates you to a place where you can minister to others Who have thorns when you have weaknesses in your own body in your own flesh your own frailty whatever that might be for you your own human limitations when when you recognize that you have that then it's easy for you when people see that thorn and you even boast in that thorn you brag about that thorn as paul is it elevates you to a place where you can minister to others who have thorns let me quote to you, Second Corinthians chapter one verse three, when Paul said, "Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, who comforts us in our time of afflictions, so that we can comfort others in their time of affliction with the same comfort God gave us." It's a holy triangle. When you have a thorn, when you have a weakness in your life and God comforts you, you may ask God, take it away, take it away, take it away. Jesus might say, no, no, no. And you hold on to that weakness. You hold on to that thorn. God gives you a comfort. He does not give you that comfort for you to hold on to that comfort because that comfort will become stagnant. Instead, you're to pass it along to other people who have thorns and weaknesses. That is why you can thank God for the thorn in your life. It gives you access to other people who have Thorns who have weaknesses. I know that as I look across the the family this morning, there's a lot of you that feel like God's calling you into ministry or you're in ministry or you have the heart of a minister. Can I tell you that, that sin and foolishness will end your ministry, but weakness will birth it. Understanding that you have a weakness, understanding you have a thorn in your life, understanding there's some limitations to your flesh will open doors for you, again, give you access to those who also have weaknesses. Here's the third thing. Without it, without a weakness, mercy remains a mystery. You will never know the mercy of God without thorns in your life, without limitations, frailty, whatever that fleshly liability might be for you. You will never know the potent, beautiful, sweet mercy of God. Unless there's weaknesses in your flesh that you deal with. And again, let me say, I'm not talking about sin. I'm not talking about foolishness. I'm talking about limitations in our flesh, frailties, sickness, disease. Here's the fourth thing. Weakness is a gift to us because it compels us to look beyond ourselves for answers. And in doing so, so magnifies the sufficiency of Christ himself. When you're weak and you begin to realize that there's frailties to your body, that you need medical care, that you have a disease, you have a sickness, and it's not going away, it's there with you. I didn't even mention things like like heart disease or or cancer. Had, Had a young lady come to me after the first gathering this morning, and she said, I have about two or three seizures every day. And I have for about 10 or 12 years now. I begged God to take away the seizures, and he has not, but his grace has been sufficient for me. Whatever that might be for you, whatever thorn that is, it compels us to look beyond ourselves. It compels us, it causes us to look up for hope, to look up to Christ for for truth. Weakness draws us close to Jesus. He understands our thorns. And he is greater than our weakness. Let me wrap it by saying this. Have you considered before? Or would you consider with me this morning that your thorn, your weakness, shouts out, the supremacy of Jesus Christ. Whatever weakness you might have, if you begin to brag on that weakness in the flesh, that, that frailty that you have, uh, that, that sickness that you have, that limitation that you have as a human in the flesh, if you begin to boast in these things, appreciate the thorn, you begin to shout out uh, with a microphone, a megaphone that yes, God is sufficient for me. His grace is sufficient for me. There is nothing, you can write this down or think about this. There's nothing more satisfying to the human heart, nothing than being the platform for the exhibition of the greatness and the excellencies of Jesus Christ. Christian, there's nothing better than you being the platform, than you being the exhibition, than you being the stage to all the world, to wake up to the world, to the nations and to this neighborhood of the greatness of Christ and the excellencies of Jesus. Nothing produces more joy in our hearts than to be used by Christ. And to use that thorn, to use that weakness to proclaim to others that Christ is enough. Nothing produces more purpose in the 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, 90, maybe plus years of life you live. Nothing thrills the human heart more than being used by Jesus. He understands human weakness, He knows our weakness. On the very next page, 2 Corinthians 13, if you want to flip there, look at verse four with me, just the beginning part of this. Jesus knows our weakness. Look what it says in chapter 13, verse four, just the beginning. For he, Christ, was crucified in weakness. He became weak so that we could become strong. Now we have the joy of becoming weak so that he might be strong in us. Jesus understands thorns. John Newton the great slave ship captain turned evangelist who wrote a song you might know called Amazing Grace wrote these words how unspeakably wonderful to know that all of our concerns are held in the hands that bled for us Jesus knows weakness he knows thorns and when he was here When he was 100% human, although 100% God, he understood human limitation. How beautiful it is to know this week that all of our thorns, all of our weaknesses, all of our concerns, all of our burdens are held in the hands that bled for us. I'd like to end a little differently this morning if you don't mind. I'd like to read this passage once more over you. Would you stand with me, please? Let me read this to the church family. So to keep me from becoming conceited, because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations, the thorn was given me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to harass me, to keep me from becoming conceited. Three Times I pleaded, I begged with the Lord about this, that it should leave me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am Strong. Would you bow your head with me, please? God, we believe this that our thorns, our weaknesses, our limitations, our dying bodies, we can boast in these things. Because, Jesus, you are at the strongest in our lives when we are at our weakest. Your grace is sufficient for every thorn, for every weakness, for every disability, for every ache, for every hurt, for every burden. God, thank you for the thorns. We will boast in them because in those thorns we see daily your great grace. Through Christ, the distributor of grace, we pray. Amen.